Welcome back in the morning, Huck Up. It's a Thursday. We always do it right on a Thursday. It's our guy, the Mac, Henry T. Buchanan. What's up? What's up, Bill? What's up, Bill? What's going on with you, fellas? Is that how they, when they brought you on the court in the starting lineup, was it like, was it electric? Henry T. Buchanan. (laughs) You know, I've said this before. When you zeroed in uh, for a game prior to the game, man, you just kind of listen for your name. You run out there, man, and you just you just so focused. You don't even pay attention to the crowd uh, unless somebody you're kicking the ball out and somebody's specifically talking to you and mm-hmm. calling you out. You check them out, man. But man, you're so zeroed in and focused, man. You just you know the only thing you want to do is get that ball mm-hmm. uh, and fill it. You know, I remember Coach Nice to tell us make sure uh, first possession everybody touched the ball. So you pass the ball around, everybody get a feel, and then it's on and cracking. So that's kind of how it was back then, man. But, you know, you did hear your name, so you can run out there and give whoever a high five or shake the hand of the referee or something. But, but man, you was just zeroed in and focused, though. I, you know, the more we talk about this basketball game, the more I miss it. Yeah, I bet. I was just thinking about when I, when, when I said your name, I'm like, I wonder how hard it was for MJ when he had the most – I thought MJ had the most electrifying stuff. Oh, yeah. Know, Six six out of North Carolina. I'm like, how did he focus with all those people? Did you, no, did you know that he played? I want to say his whole career with his North Carolina shorts under his bull shirt. Yep. Shorts. Every game he played with his Carolina uh, shorts. His I think it was his practice shorts. I believe, or maybe it was his oh, game. Oh, practice. I'm yeah, not I sure can't remember. But he, but he wore light blue shorts his every game of his career in uh, in Chicago. Wow. Yep. How huge is that? <laughs> shows you where you're from. Shows you where you're from. Hey, T, I want to ask you something else, too. Also, uh, before we get into Husker Hoops, it's Groundhog Day. Uh, oh. I, asked, I asked Will this earlier. Is there, like, a movie, if it's on or if you could do it every single day, you just watch it on repeat? I said I would watch Major League nonstop. If it was the only thing on TV, I would watch that movie all the time. Well, unfortunately for me, I have, I'm a movie buff, so I have – so many movies that I would watch. I, I was just talking to a buddy the other day, and I said, when I channel surf and there's a movie that I like, I don't care what part of the movie it's it's on, I stop and, and watch the rest of it. Uh, so there's several movies. But if, if one that really sticks out to me, you know, from a sports per, uh, perspective, uh, you know, there there's several, but I really like you know, I really like I like Major League too. Don't get me wrong, I, I'm a Major League fan. I thought the first one was phenomenal and and well did, well played, or, uh, and it was made well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one that sticks out to me is uh, the pitch, um, the fish of state Pittsburgh with Dr. J, Julius Irving. Oh yeah, uh, uh, it was that was you know it, it was one of those movies that you know you had your sports, you had some drama, some emotions there, and. You know, and I I really enjoyed that movie, and I know it's old school, and let folks who's listening to it probably never heard of it, but it's one of my favorites. And you know, Doctor J before Michael Jordan came around was the, for some, by far my favorite player of all time. I feel like that movie uh, you were just you were just describing that the emotions, the ups and downs, the positive. I feel like you just described Nebraska basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, hey, hey, I'm sure you sit there and watch. And, you sure, know. And you got to feel for them in in a, in a sense, um, you know. It's you know, especially for the players, you know, Gary and Emmanuel. I mean, they came here to to take Nebraska to the next level, and I and and they were knocking on the door. 
you know, with those two in the lineup and what they brought to the table, the toughness, the defense, the rebounding, and, and just the winning attitude, uh, you know, we just play different. And I've said that from the start of the season. This team is just different from that perspective. Um, you know, from last year, these kids play well together. They play hard. They play to the end. And the loss, you know, first with Gary and then then and Manuel uh, Vanderbilt uh, right right after that, that was, you know, that was heart-wrenching. Uh, you know, but with that being said, you know, we've talked about it, and, it's you know, it's a cliche, you know, the next man up. But, you know, you, you got freshmen. You got Denham Dawson and, you know, you got LaMarcus Lawrence, and, and they're getting – invaluable experience and heck even Sam Hoiberg played well uh not this last game but you know which you know I told coach that you know I you know I I know he put him in the lineup but I still felt that the ball moved a lot better with him out there because when it hits his hands he's looking for the next man there's no holding it dribbling it and a potential turnover um you know that I see quite a bit with you know some of the players um but I just think it's an opportunity for these younger players to get some experience and and uh, and coming into next year. But this season's not over with. I think we got eight or nine games left, and yep. you know we got some winnable games. We got Minnesota. We've already beat Iowa. And, uh, Iowa, we, yeah, we beat them, and and what do we have uh, that I think we have the potential. Um, let me see here. I had it up. I had it already up. Wisconsin not playing that well. We can get Penn State. I mean, there's about four games. Rutgers is going to be tough. We got Maryland at home. You know, Rutgers is going to be really tough on the road and uh, going. You know, and uh, who else do we have that I think Michigan State will be tough at home? But mm-hmm. according to which Michigan State team shows up, so this season I'm not writing this season off. And I, you know, if we can finish 500, you know, you never know what's happening. You know, NIT might be coming calling, but it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough haul. And, you know, it could be wishful thinking, man, but I'm going to support them anyway. AT, I want to go back to what you were talking about with Bandamel and, and Gary, specifically with Bandamel, because Gary does have uh, some eligibility left, uh, but Bandamel, he doesn't. His, his college career is done, and we know he had a successful surgery uh, just recently, how much does that set back a guy who you know is probably going to try to play past college? You know, when you get injured and you can't even finish out your your final year, does that set you back in any way when it comes to trying to play after college? Now, back in my era, I would say yes, but I think with I think with technology and and the doctors and and the recovery rate and the surgeries, I mean, you you have robots now that that's pretty much uh, 100% recovery rate. And I just think with today's society and athletics, I think he'll come back 100%. And, and you know, the recovery side now, he's going to have to do the rehab, and, and but it's according to how much he wants it. Because, um, trust me, the NBA scouts and pro scouts overseas have been looking at him. So that, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind he's going to play past college. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate he's, he was he's not able to – Finish out his senior year and 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 continue showcasing his talent. But I think players, I think his defense, his defensive prowesses and uh, and running the team handles and things of that sort. And you know, and they can work on your shot. You know, uh, to make that more consistent. So I, I, you know, I think he's he's still got some eyes on him, and he'll be okay. You know, it's just you know, I feel more for Nebraska than than his future, mm-hmm. to be honest. We're speaking to Henry T. Buchanan, the legend of Nebraska basketball. Uh, T, going back to the other night, and 
the game was the game, man. That team fought hard. Uh, they yeah. had the lead with 10 minutes to play. And, you know, in Illinois, you know, they, they do what they do, man. They went on a 24-6 run in that game. But I went and started and I kind of looked at the box score, and I'm thinking, okay, you don't have Bandamel, you don't have Gary. You need certain things to happen every night. And for some reason, Nebraska only has, like, one thing happen every night. Like, one, somebody gets hot. Tom Monaga was the other night. Sam Griesel. Yeah. I love the aggression that he finally got oh, yeah. to that point. I've been waiting to see that all year. <laughs> but now, but, but here's what I'm getting to. So but when you look at that, here's the shots that got put up by, I think, three guys that should have 10-plus shots every single game right now. You, Sam took 17. I'm okay with that. Yep. Let her fly, Sam. Let her fly. But yep. I look down further and I see Derek Walker, six shots. Tom Anaga, seven shots. Like, like, am I wrong in this situation? Those guys need to shoot it ten plus times a game every game. Absolutely, and the def- and the offense should be uh, geared around those individuals. But Derek Walker is going to have to stay out of foul trouble. Oh, um, yes. I talked to Coach Hoyberg afterwards, and you know, and and we agreed uh, on on what we saw. And you know, I saw maybe a little bit different. I sometimes I feel that the fouls, some of the fouls that Derek Walker picks up, he's helping out his teammates that's getting beat off the dribble and he's coming up to help or you know or going over someone's back because somebody didn't block out their person their man so i see uh see some of that and then the other piece too we kind of see some of the you know why why'd you just swing at that i mean why did you foul at me mm-hmm. you know some of the what we call stupid fouls um and he's more valuable on the court, and he's he's going to have to understand that because we really, when he's off the floor, our chances, you know, just for you know, just for continuity, having an inside threat, ball movement, and things of that sort, it it's it it doesn't look good when he's on when he's sitting out coaching the team from from the bench. We need him on the floor. So I, uh, hopefully, Coach Hoy Berg is having conversations with with Derek to you know you got to stay in the game. You know I don't mind the aggressiveness and the helping out, but we need you on the floor, and you're more valuable on the floor, and uh, than you know you know committing the type of fouls that you're committing. And he's going to have to talk to his teammates. You're going to do a better job defensively and keep your guy in front of you and couldn't put in, and blocking out your man and and put. Quit, Putting so much pressure on Walker that's that's put him in the position where he's going to foul, uh, you know, and it's and that's kind of how I'm seeing the game from that perspective. So, but with him, the last few games, I mean, almost all season, foul trouble has been his Achilles' heel, and we just don't play well without him on the floor. We're talking to Henry T. Buchanan. T. I got to ask, you just mentioned that you talked to Coach after the game. I know you're not going to share everything with us, but what was yeah. kind of his feeling after after the, after that game? Well, you know, it's a little frustration, and 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 rightly so. Um, you know, because you you know, as a coach, you know, and like like I said, I I've, I've coached little leagues, my son, and things that sort. So I definitely haven't coached definitely at his level, and especially when you can still probably play, <laughs> and and when you're watching your team, your players play, and and you and you see some of the things you're doing, and 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 you know you could do it better, and a little frustration comes in. Um, you know, especially when you know when you look at the first half and how well we played. Um, you know, down one point. You know, we shot 52 percent from the field. You know, we shot. You know, 45 percent from the three point line. I mean, we're shooting the ball well. We took care of the ball. Heck, we shot what free throws. We were 80 percent for the for the game. And you know, although we only took 10 free throws, took 10 free throw shots. 
but everything's working out. But what sticks out is it was the turnovers. You know, we had 19 turnovers. And and I know I've talked about this before. You know, turnovers is part of the game, but it's the type of turnovers. <laughs> you know, the, the the momentum killers. You know, there's a lot of times, like you said, Bill, uh, we took the lead with 10 minutes. And then right after that, all of a sudden, the the ball becomes a hot potato, hot potato, and, and then nobody can make a good pass, and nobody can catch it, or maybe not go for that loose ball. And then then Illinois is at home. Illinois is at home, and they get a couple of shots. Next thing you know, they're up five or six, and the momentum switch, and you can't get that back, especially on the road. Now, if you're at home, you know what our fans, you may have an opportunity to overcome that, but not on the road. Uh, and then. Uh, Illinois is not a bad team. No. <laughs> that freshman is, is is for real. The big man freshman is for real. Uh, they have some shooters. That kid from uh, Baylor. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, defensively Mayor. shooting handles. He's six nine. <laughs> you know, NBA game. So, you know, you you played against a really talented team, and and we're playing with with freshmen and and two of our best players who's not able to play, so and they competed. Uh, we just, ran, you know, at the end of the game, we ran out of gas, and the score didn't, it did not reflect how well Nebraska played throughout that game. Uh, T, I want to ask you about, oh, uh, about this player, and I, and I hate to single him out, but it, and in more of it's the mentality. Uh, Wilhelm Breidenbach currently right now um, is just hasn't found his niche this year on this team. And also, and you're starting to see maybe his minutes to win. I think Blaze Keita took some of those minutes. Brian Bach only played 10 yeah. at that point. Is that is this at the point, because you played this game, you've seen these situations happen, but I think I'm in the camp right now, and, and I want to get your opinion. Is this a point where Brian Bach now needs to prove his way back to get minutes, if he even gets minutes? Definitely, and 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 it's about how you play in games. You know, practice is one thing, and I'm sure Brian Bach, plays well in practice because that's how you earn playing time and 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 you earn potential starting positions um and then but it has to be both you just can't be a great practice player and then go in the game and lay an egg and it just seemed and at the beginning of the season uh he had some great games uh and he's had moments but those moments have not been consistent uh, and also and also Undersized. I mean, if you look at the Big Ten, their centers that we play against are big, strong, and athletic mm. outside of Edie, who's just big. And so, so you're going against guys like that. And, and, and Breitenbach is, you know, he's he's um, he's dependent on the three point shot. I, I think he looks to that shot too much, and I think he needs to develop a little bit more than just shooting that top of the key three-point shot. And, and, and maybe, you know, because I don't think he, he can use both hands. I've seen him drive, use the left, use the right. I mean, you know, post up every once in a while. You know, and, and let's, let's see a drop hook, you know, every once in a while. Let's see something different because we, we're, we are easy guard because we don't change what we do. We're like robots. So, so to scout us, oh, this is what he's going to do. He's going to pump fake at the top. And if you give him the shot, he'll take it. But his his main uh, objective is to get to the basket. So just you know, just come out there and show, and then back up because he's going to he's going to come right at you. Uh, so it's just looking at that. So he needs to change it up a little bit. Um, there's still potential there, and it was potential in all of them. But the Big Ten, as you all know, I mean, just watching these games, I try to watch almost every Big Ten game, and it's just different. 
watching these teams and and the size that they have and the tenacity um, and the shooting ability. And that's one thing that uh, hopefully Coach Hoyberg will pick up for next year. we got to find some shooters, you know, outside of Tamanaga. We need some shooters. I We thought it was going to be C.J., but he's still in a, in a funk right now. And um, you play well at times, but he's still limited if his shot's not – uh, going in, and you know she struggles getting you anything else on the court. So, uh, so we still have that going on with him. Uh, it's just you know, it's people don't realize Division One. That's you know that's a step under the NBA. I mean that's the, that's the best of the best, and you playing against the best of the best at the collegiate level. Um, and if you're not work ready to compete, um, you, you know you're going to get your head beat in each and every night. And uh, so we just got to. Uh, regroup and uh, continue going with uh, Denim Dawson and and Lamarcus uh, Lawrence. You know they're I mean they're getting better and better and better. Uh, Tamanaga, I like Tamanaga coming off the bench because he gives us that spark. Because if you if he's starting, who do we have coming off the bench, um, giving us any type of scoring? So I almost like that in a sense, but. You know, I'm not the coach, and uh, and the other piece too. I still like to see them play a faster pace. Our half court offense, we struggle off, you know, playing off court, uh, half court offense because, you know, we don't shoot the ball well, and we don't have that person can really create um, on a consistent basis to get us a bucket. I know Sam was aggressive, and I love seeing that. Um, hopefully, he'll continue doing that. And, and that's going to open it up for others when he becomes aggressive like that. And it's going to make it easier for Walker and Tomanaga to get open shots. And, and you know, Denham Dawson and LaMarcus, they're going to do the rest. They're going to hustle, rebound, and play defense. So, it, you know, we're still there, and it's still not over with. And, you know, I'm knowing optimistic, but I'm still sticking with my husband. Mm-hmm. We're talking to Henry T. Buchanan. T., I want to ask you kind of a fun one. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, in the Illinois game, it was the first time since 2016 that we started three freshmen. 2016, Uh-oh. that was the last time we started three freshmen. Can you remember who those three freshmen were in 2016? It was it, was it in 2016? Yep. 2016. 2016. Yeah. I didn't get 20- I got one. That was it. Three freshmen, because I was thinking Strickland and them back in the days. They reached, oh, oh, since that's the last since, time we yep. started. So, I, okay, I thought it was the only. Okay, let me think. Six years ago, and I one one was know, a, I uh, would Google it. Who was it? One Who was, was a, one. I'll, of, I'll see if I give it. One was a point guard out of Chicago. Oh yeah, they uh, with the headband. Yep, um, yep, yeah, yeah uh, Glenn Watson. Yeah, Glenn Watson. He was cold, wasn't he, T? What's that? He was cold. Boy, he was. Oh, yeah, I love this game. Um, <laughs> he was a floor general. The and other... he could score. He was athletic. And he and he just and he played in his own tempo. He was fun to watch. And he was a four-year starter. That's right. Um, now, the other player was a man who played down low. Mm. I know. Mm-hmm. Like, we say, it, like you say was, big man in Nebraska. Was, was like, it Shields? Wasn't Shields? No, I, no. I, that's I, I guessed that one. That was wrong. This this too. man also transferred away to Marquette. He was a beast. After you hear this name, oh, you're ripped. talking about uh, uh, he was his dad played football. Yep, yep. And his and his mom played, I think, basketball. Yeah, or bas- Yeah, yeah. She did play basketball or track. Well, no, it was basketball. Yeah, 
Yeah, man, I can't even think of this name. Y'all give me a brain fart. You can't be it was, you, I have these trick questions. I know the players, but man, it was you can't Ed, go back years. You don't get no. It was Ed. <laughs> it was Ed Morrow. Yeah, yeah, Ed Morrow, and it, he was a beast for them. And he came off was. the bench. He didn't start for Marquette. He came yep. off the bench. He must have stayed with yep. the Huskers. And there's one more. He was go a three point shooter, sharp shooter from uh, Australia. From Australia, yeah. From Australia, who was the Australia player? Jack McVeigh. Jack McVeigh. McVeigh. And he <laughs> had a little height on it. He did. He did. He had a little height on it. So that's the last time we've had three freshmen start. Yep. yep. Until the other But night. you know, that's a forgetting art because I you know, just think about the recruiting now. The first thing that these coaches are gonna have to look at is is transfer portal. And then mm-hmm. after that they gotta look at freshmen. And these freshmen now, you see what happened in Florida, mm-hmm. you know, from the football side of things, $13 million come on in a school before him, offering $10 million, and now he's signed with Arizona State, so there's no sense, ain't no telling what they paid him. Yeah, there's a, but, lot, there's a, lot, there's a lot of other perks in uh, Tempe, Arizona. <laughs> I'm just going to leave hey, it at that. Hey, my office is right across me from the football stadium, <laughs> so trust me. Hey, speaking so, but, but, but but that's that's where we're at now, and we are just going to. And I just hope that you know. And I know they're doing their diligence uh, as far as recruiting right now and, and looking at these players in the transfer portal. And hopefully, we can snatch up some of these uh, uh, some of these top players and that wants to come and not only win. And then hopefully, hopefully this doesn't turn into about money. And if it turns into that, you know, it's. It, you know, the amateur status is going to go right out the window, and it's going to be—it's it, just going to be a a farm league. And I hopefully, hopefully, we don't go there. Hey, and speaking of college basketball, let um, you know give a shout out or uh, condolences to Billy Packer. Man, we're yes. going to miss that voice. Yeah, we are. Thirty-four years at that helm of the Final Four. Hey, T, real quick, got about a minute left. I need to get an update uh, on golf last week. I know that Shu spent some time in places, but I just picture him like T. I think I need some golf balls. I better get my ball retriever out and see if I can get that ball with the water. I'm out of balls. Hey, I, I kept warning him. I said, I said, shoot, these courses are not Lincoln courses. I said, this course we're about ready to play. And, and I found out he was calling other folks who's played it before. So not only he did, he listened to me, but he listened to others. And I think he psyched himself out because – he found a lot of water and he found a lot of sand throughout the uh, round. And halfway through the round, he said, "Let's quit keeping score." So I'll just keep it at that. Oh, <laughs> but didn't that right? Henry, we stopped keeping score. Hey, but but really quick, Will, do you remember a Maddie Kruger and her mom Jennifer? Of course, yeah, I, I grew up with them. She, Maddie's a great friend of mine. Yeah, I I work with her mom and knew her at sports court. She's the old sports. She knows about sports courts. No way. Yeah, oh, I talked talk to her every blue moon. You know, she's the underwriter with State Farm, so we've been connected for. I've been knowing her over heck twenty twenty five years. I've been knowing them, and, and I talked to her uh, recently, and then your name came. I'm like, what? Oh, <laughs> oh. that's awesome. Oh, I know something. I'm going to talk to Jennifer when I that's see her awesome. next. Oh yeah. Uh, you, oh, you, you going to call her out? You going to talk to her? Obviously, obviously, if she got any sports courts, uh, sports court stories. Oh well, she she played. Well, you know, she played at Westland, so she she played basketball at Westland, and then she used to come out there and work out at sports courts. And she played. I think she played in the women's league as well. Because I ran the men's and women's league. I ran three leagues: the men's, the women's, and the thirty-five and over. So I, 
Yeah, I, yeah, I spend a lot of time at sports courts. That's cool. Yeah, man. you have to ask him. T knows all about sports courts. That's, I'll do that. That's good stuff. Well, T, man, we appreciate it. You're uh, back in a couple weeks, right? Yes, I can't wait. The week after the Super Bowl, I'll be back there for Legends Weekend. And, oh, speaking of Super Bowl, I've already getting calls. Eric Warfield text me. You got a bed for me. Oh. Neil Smith, these former Huskers <laughs> and former uh, Chiefs. You, you got ain't got a bed, bed that big. And, and Joe Pete is coming, so oh, I yeah. so I got to start turning everybody else down. So if you're listening, I ran out of bed. I think you're the man. We'll talk to you soon, my brother. All right, y'all take care. Y'all take care. Yeah. I ran out of beds. All right, let's take a break. <laughs> we come back. It's Salt Dogs time. Manager Brett Jody. 